created for the MAPE community by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. I'm your host, Carl Desir, and I am so excited for our guest today, Troy Harris II. Troy and I go way back to my early days at the 4A's. Um, but I'm just going to let him introduce himself and we can hop right in because we got a lot of catching up to do. I need to know what you're up to these days. So what you've been up to, Troy, let the people know who you are. We go way back. You know, Carl, what was it, 2012? So yeah. almost a decade, man. Don't, yo, don't say that. I'm not that old. Decade. <laughs> We've known each other for almost a decade. If I'm getting old, you got to be getting old, Carl. Oh. <laughs> you, you know what? Let's just start where we're supposed to start. I'm Troy Harris II, like he said. I work at MailChimp in the marketing department. Been there for about a year and a half. Some experience in and outside of the industry, agency side, brand side, and also am a writer. I'm building a, I guess, a very, very pretty cool media uh, conglomerate called Grits and Gospel, where I write content, music, culture, some poetry, some history. It's super cool hobby of mine that's actually starting to turn some dividends. And so I guess that's that's who I am in a nutshell. Also a MAPE alumni from 2012, like I mentioned before. And I guess we can throw in that I was the intern of the year that summer as well. I was going to say, you better Carl, not forget Carl that. Carl was cooking the books. Listen, that was, the, I think it was the first, it was my first full MAPE cycle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I was, I don't even remember. That was so long ago. I don't even remember. But I, I See, did, now you're making you, me feel you, it all. You, you, the, you earned you're, you're it. You're on me. You earned it. All right. <laughs> You earned that. Um, yeah, it was funny. It was it was a good summer, man. I was, was I was definitely. so appreciative. That was like my first int- introduction to anything of that sort. So thank you again, yeah. Carl, and the whole hey, team. You know, happy happy to be part of that journey. Before we talk about that journey, let's do our the red, yellow, green check in we typically do to kind of see how you are coming in to this conversation today. You can always tell by the energy. You always bring the energy, but I want to know <laughs> on a scale of red, you're totally disconnected. Green, you're fully present. Yellow, somewhere in the middle. Where are you, Troy, right now? So I am, I am, I would be, I, I can't say I'm all green. I'm not sure there's ever a point where we're all green, but I do feel pretty solid. Uh, definitely present. That's not, that's not an issue at all. Career-wise, things are pretty fun. You know, Milton's got a lot of things going on. I'm loving that. Obviously, there's cause for concern in the world, be it working from home or living from work. I don't even know what we're doing at this point. <laughs> Beyond that, you know, we can get into that stuff later as well, just as, in terms of just the racial temperature of the company, of the country, rather. So I would say I'm like a Green Bay Packers uniform. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> a lot at home, the home jerseys. The home jerseys. They, got, they wear the yeah. green tops and the yellow helmets. So I'm coming into it with great feelings, great vibes. But at the same time, I'm not blind or deaf to, uh, to everything that's happening. So, so you're fu- that's fully aware of, of all that's going on, the good mm-hmm. and the... Let's just say not so good going on. Let's just say not so good. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's good. Thank thank you. It's it's I think that's I mean, how how is we gonna be a lot of other ways, but that's 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 the way to be, right? Because even in all this it's just uneasiness, this uncertainty, this hurt, this pain, you know, there's there's still things to celebrate. There's still things that bring us to the, you know, give us spots of green mm-hmm. and everything. And and 
you got a lot. I mean, you just said you do, you're doing a lot these days, but I want to bring it back all the way to 2012, right? I want to talk a little bit first about, <laughs> about your MAPE experience because that was, that was a new experience for me running the program for the first time uh, that yeah. year. So I, that's why I'm like, I don't even remember. It was, seems like so long ago. I remember you. I remember you winning MAPE of the year. <laughs> the rest, like, so tell me, tell me what what your experience like back in 2012 because it's especially this year it's it's quite a different program. Yeah, it is super different. So actually, we could, we should start in 2011 because I just like literally Google right. advertising internship because like my school didn't have one. As I think we were talking a little bit earlier about that, but I um, I applied and they had that question where they always like explain yourself on one page or mm-hmm. less, and I thought I would be like super creative explain myself with a picture of like okay. a bunch of different things. I sent the picture in, but I forgot to send like the explanation. So it just looked like, <laughs> so I didn't even get the internship period in 2011. So then 2012, I ended up applying again. Like I got to do that again. And I came to it with actual words this time when I, <laughs> when I described myself, no picture. And I was placed in Chicago at FCB or what was draft FCB back then actually didn't really know much, but I was in account management and, First day I showed up in like a, a suit and a tie. I mean, that's how green I was in the industry. <laughs> Not green, meaning you green. I'm sure like you made an impression. They were just like, um, hey, uh, come here, man. You know, that's a really nice suit. I'm just saying, you don't you don't have to wear it tomorrow if you don't want to. Um, but it, it does look really nice. <laughs> but I, I was coming from business school, right? And I had like zero exposure. I really, you know, was just used to saying like, hey, if you're going to go on a business job, you should dress up the first day. And, I um, hope you continue also, to wear that suit every day of that summer. <laughs> I can't fit. Oh, you mean that summer? Yeah. That suit doesn't fit me anymore, man. Oh, hey, that's how, that's how you know you're getting old. Trust me, I got a whole so, bunch of suits that don't fit. It's just a little tight around the butt, man. I don't know why. <laughs> that's just where it's tight at. No, uh, I actually wore it. My birthday was that summer, and I turned 22. And if, and I, as a joke, I wore it. It's like my birthday is like mid July. Shout out to all the cancer Julys or July cancers. Uh, I wore it that day. It was it was a Friday, and everybody was you know got a good kick out of it. But that was, might be the last one of the last times I wore it. Account management, I was doing uh, work for Got Milk, and it was interesting how they split it because they had that as a digital account. And FCB had been going through, right when I got there, they lost another course. Obviously, a huge beer account. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants one of those big beer accounts. The year before they lost Johnson & Johnson, which they had had for over 50 years. So mm-hmm. you're talking about two of you know some of the staple uh, consumer goods in the country. Beer and, and like mandates, <laughs> products, family needs, you know, whatever you call it. So the morale was super low and me coming in super green. I, I sort of wanted to do my job for Got Milk and learn about, you know, everything they had me doing account wise. But my intern project turned out to be something that could help them internally. And it's kind of something that popped in my head. And I spoke up in a meeting, very afraid to do so with the company. And the president at the time was just like, hey, just let, that, let, that, let that guy do that idea. Mm-hmm. about, you know, helping their employee morale because it's really the only thing I thought about. And by the end of the summer, it happened. And I think that's probably what took me over the edge. So I won't tell anybody that it's in MAPE now or last summer that, you know, I was the best account manager, account management intern, rather. It wasn't about that. It was just about the ingenuity and, and, the, and, the, and the wherewithal to just go get it. Once I had that momentum, it just never stopped, man. So eight years later, here I am. Yeah, that's, it's interesting that you say that because I, I always feel that the the folks who win Maper of the Year and now back then we didn't have a Creative Fellow of the Year, right? This now I, we that might have been the first year. I think that, was it. It might have been twenty thirteen. It might have been twenty thirteen. You're right. Yeah, I, I just remember. I don't remember now, but I think we went. <laughs> I went to uh, add color with one person, one other person, but I can't remember. But either way, okay. I'm glad it's there now. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it's they you look at the people who win this award, and it's not always the person that does the best of their job. It's the best kind of well rounded person, the person that mm-hmm. kind of impacts, you know, people all over, you know, not just in their day to day. And you can totally we're you totally tell we just released an episode with the two winners from this year, the creative fellow and the fellow of the year. And you can just tell by just talking to them and listening to them. So some people would say that um Aubrey was a shoe in for Maper of the Year. So it usually is folks that aren't just like head down dedicated to the job. So that was back in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. And talk to me a little bit about your journey from twenty twelve to, you know, the professional journey first. We'll start from twenty twelve to <clears throat> agency world to MailChimp client side. Yeah, different. Absolutely, man. 2012. So that was August. You know what? I actually wore that. That was the suit I wore when I was on stage giving that speech. I just thought about that. Oh, you wore it again. Three times. Three times that summer. And it was a three piece. And and, you know and my picture still up on the website. I was like, wow, this is amazing. After that, and funny story about Carl. I didn't. I knew Carl from emails, but I wasn't in New York like most of you know the majority of the interns. So when we got to the uh, luncheon at the end, like the awards luncheon. I think I met him for the first time in person. And this was like this, like right after the Olympics ended that summer, because it was mm-hmm. 2012. They had this video on it, sort of like during the appetizer portion of the lunch. And it was just like a, like a sizzle reel of ad color itself. And it was just like flashing videos and folks were just there. And I, you know, mentored this and we're doing that. And this year we're having ad color futures. And I, I was just standing there watching it coming back from the bathroom. I didn't realize Carl was behind me. And I guess he already knew that I was going to win a trip there as part of the intern of the year package. So he like tapped me in the store like, hey man, you think that's cool? I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to go? I was like, yeah. He was like, okay. And he just kind of like walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, what a what a strange man. But he's, you know, he seems like he's on to something. Little did I know 20 minutes later, uh-huh. as you know, they were like, and we're sending you to Ad Color. And that was sort of how the whole thing began. I had one more semester to finish in school. Ad Color was October that year in Vegas. So that was the second time I've been to Vegas. First time as a of age person. I hope so. And <laughs> right. The <laughs> first time was my granddad's birthday. Ironically, I, I was like 15. We were there. I just, it, I just was so excited about seeing just folks that not only were in the industry, not only were colorful for lack of a better word, but like folks that were getting stuff done. Right. I, and if coming from FAMU, uh, HBCU, like I'm always surrounded by a bunch of black folks and that's never been an issue for me. But at the same time, like black people are not a monolith either. Neither, you know, and, and being there allowed me to see like, oh, this is what black people, but in advertising look like. Mm-hmm. And I knew like, I, you know, that was pretty much a shoe for me at that point. And by being there, I was at the bar and another strange man <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder, Larry Urell. And he was over at the Marcus Graham Project. Yeah. And he was just kind of like, hey, man, you know, nice suit you got on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same suit. Just keep wearing the same I might have actually worn it. I'm not even being funny. I might. And he was just like, hey, man, give me a call if ever. You, you know, next summer, what you want to do? And I'm like, I'm going to have a job next summer. Like, this is an internship. Mate paid me, y'all. Are, like, not paying? I don't understand. I'm going to be a college grad. Like, I, I should try and find a job. But, you know, I might not even thought about that business card for another two, three, maybe four months. I think it was February of the next year. It literally fell out of, like, my wallet while I was coming mm-hmm. home from eating lunch. And it just seemed like, maybe I should give this guy a call. And next thing you know, I was like, Mom, I might be going to Dallas this summer. I'll keep you posted. And that experience just sort of built upon the mate experience like make obviously being able to put you directly in places and see what it's like in the nine to five world and what it looks like client to agency interaction and then how work goes from the creative team to the you know approval process just anything right and and 
MGP was the exact same way, except we were the agency and it was it was almost like an entrepreneurial internship. And so it sort of melded my mind at this point to what it is today. Because after that, I come home to Atlanta, end up working for AT&T, but as a project manager, because I still had that business degree and I can kind of get a job doing pretty much anything. And that just, I sort of fell into PMing, but it wasn't at an, in an advertising role. I was just doing telecom. So in my mind, I'm like, I got to find a way to get back to doing advertising. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I think I might have emailed you or text you, Carl. Probably. Shannon, Shannon was- Shannon, yeah. Was Shannon probably helped you the most. Back then, Singleton was hard to reach sometimes, but always show support. I even took off work to come to Ad Color those two years I was there. Just because I knew that you know, folks folks that were there not only had my best interests at heart, but it was, it was just a time where you can meet people and do big things. So long story short, I stayed there for about two and a half years. So I finally realized the only way I'm going to get back into advertising is not as, a, not as an account person, but as a project manager. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Then I jumped to Fitzco in Atlanta here, working for their coat client. And that was like real deal agency. It was smaller, about a hundred people, which I thought was perfect. Right. And, you know, I, th- I think it's that rule of 150 where it's like, I don't know exactly how it goes, but essentially for organizations under 150, everybody knows not only you know, who that person is, is. The culture stays but, pretty much the same. Right. Once who, you hit who the other people over. are to that person yep. too. So I love that. And it was, it was, it wasn't independent back then. It was IPG independent now but it just had that feel but agency world you know how it goes up and down coke eventually sent their money back to widen and kennedy so that's how stuff goes and i ended up at home depot doing a contract gig doing email marketing but project management so i'm like sending emails like hey you know these blowers they 20 percent off only for two more days like i don't mean, you know just want to let y'all know so i'm like home depot great company love the falcons and arthur blank but i gotta go and it turned out that the day that, you know, the contracting company told me I was released is the day I got an email back from MailChimp. And I was just sitting on the bed, applied through LinkedIn. I don't have no idea why, why, they, why that actually worked, but it did. And I was like, hey, I do email marketing. Don't y'all do that? <laughs> They're like, yeah. And, and that's from 2012 to 20, I started there 2018 or 2019, actually. So I've been there for a year and a half now. Okay. So you, got, you kind of like came in. Through an advertising-ish route, ended up mm. client side, went back to advertising, back to client side. What would you say the big, because I know there's a lot of folks out there that are, you know, dream of going client side, right? Mm. What do you think the big difference for you, having been on it a couple of times, going back and forth, is about those two, two sides of the coin? I mean, agency life is always going to be more fun, a little bit more lax. I'm not sure the pay is as 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 good. Uh, the hours certainly aren't, you know, as cushy as some folks will call it. And you're always at the beck and call of someone else. But no day is the same. You're working on plenty of different clients. Uh, even when I, even when Coke was my client, I mean, we were managing Fanta, Powerade, you know, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, college football Coke, NASCAR Coke, Odwalla. Like, I didn't even know Odwalla was part of Coke. But I mean, even with that one client, every single day you're doing something different. And starting out. You know, I think it's cliche now, but, you know, people say, you know, go to client side when you, you know, want to have a kid and slow down a little bit. But, you know, when you're on the agency side, you know, that's, that's for young people, you know, you know, stay in there. But I think it's super true. I had no better learning experience than being on client side as a young professional. Um, I, work, I interned at Procter & Gamble the summer before MAPE and, you know, success and, you know, billion dollar brands don't necessarily translate to like the culture, right? I mean, granted that was early 2010s, right? So most companies now are a little bit 
more inclusive, not necessarily just racially, but I mean, just in general, thought, ages, um, approach to solving problems. Most of them weren't, and it's, you know, and so, you know, I was about to rip my eyeballs out there and you're like, well, she worked for one of the best companies in the world. Like what's so bad now working at MailChimp is like a mixture of both. Like if, as, as you've seen, we brought a lot of our agency work in house mm-hmm. recently. And, you know, obviously the big, the thing that put us on the map a few years ago when I wasn't there was that serial podcast ad that I think a dude just couldn't pronounce MailChimp. <laughs> and <laughs> and we, we took that and ran with it and did like the mail shrimp or the kale blimp or, you know, yeah. I can't, I don't want to misquote him, but, after that, you know, we work with Droga a little bit. And then I think we even pulled that work back in. And so now it's like the the best of both worlds. And because I've been in both worlds, I can truly understand, like, if we're doing something internal, like putting out a video or some sort of, you know, web page online, or maybe even it's a traditional, you know, billboard style ad, I'm able to turn that out. But also, we, we, you know, we meeting business needs and talking client side and, you know, meeting our customers and thinking about solutions too. So to answer your question, I guess the biggest thing, the biggest difference I would say is just who, who, who do you have your eye on? Is it the customer or is it unfortunately the, the idea? Like okay. clients, clients put their, put their thought into the customer or the agency's dealing ideas and depending on where you want to spend your energy. Okay. Interesting. Customer, the idea. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to talk, you mentioned, um, switch gears a little bit cause we brought up to your career to present day. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I believe you called it your hobby, Grits and Gospel, Mm -hmm. and what you're doing there. Because I think there's, I remember you mentioned it to me, I don't know, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, we're in a different time now where, you know, things like Grit and Gospel are are so much more important than they might have been, you know, they're always important, right? But there's there's, there's different weight behind them now because of... uh, Everything, everything going on. <laughs> that's right. that's the phrase of the year because of everything going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, talk to me a little bit about how even the idea for grits and gospel, and then also the name, and then what where it started, how it evolved, and what it's what it's up to today. I thought you never asked Carl. Long lead up to that one question. <laughs> it's been so. We actually started in February of 2017. Me and my best friend Sam, who actually was in New York that same summer when we had that luncheon. He worked, lives in New York now, but at the time he was interning at J.P. Morgan. That was the first person I called when I won the award standing in Midtown. We got up for drinks that night. He's been my best friend for about 20 years, and throughout working, we'd just be on Gchat all day. And, like, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't want to call it a code switch traditionally, but, like, if I'm texting versus if I'm, like, typing on my iMac messages, I will type very, very long <laughs> text messages that I wouldn't do on my phone. And him the not. same. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, this is, you know, this is almost like a real conversation. Uh, you know, like I said, we, you know, we know each other for 20 years and people have always just sort of gravitated to the bond there. And we were like, man, let's just start something on medium. It should be free. We had no idea what we were doing, but we can just open up this space where we want to talk about the things that we were talking about in that GTA. And that ranges mm-hmm. from, music, you know, money management. Like I was still trying to figure out credit, you know, at that point, like, you know, we weren't taught it necessarily, obviously not in school, but even generationally, I mean, just little things about growing up, how to buy a house, parenting or or marriage or girls, or just whatever the case was, we realized that there was a very wide breadth into the things that we could um, mention. And I think what makes it super interesting, especially three and a half later, three and a half years later, we set out at the very beginning to make it a communal platform. 
And mm-hmm. we knew that it wasn't just about us blogging and saying like, hey, y'all, this is my opinion. Would you like to hear it? Mm-hmm. You want to read this? It's more so saying like almost leading by example or, or putting your foot in the water first or, or running over that hill and, and getting like like my man um, Jay-Z said, running over the hill and getting hit in the chest with arrows and then coming back to the team like, hey, y'all, it's Indians over there. I'm just letting y'all know, but somebody has to sort of walk over there to give everybody else the permission, quote unquote. Yeah, but I love what you, I love what you said at first. Like you, as you, you and your boy were just talking, and you said, "Let's just do this." And you didn't say, "Well, you know, what's the website look like? What's the social look like? What are all these things that you know typically you think mm. when you start something?" You were just like, "Let's just we found a free thing. Let's just do it. Let's just put it up there." And then, of course, always all about like we're going to get the community involved. In this yes. as well, right? And I like what you said. It's not just us saying, "Hey, here's our opinion. Read it." But mm-hmm. It's like, "Hey, let's here's our opinion. Let's have a discussion. Let's really talk yeah, was, about this." That was like central. I mean, it wouldn't have happened if not that. To be honest, I mean, to this day, we've had probably you know upwards of thirty. I probably say forty guests okay. on the page. The idea is like, "Hey, if you want to come and write all the time, you can. The doors always open." Or maybe you just had that one thing you wanted to say that one time, mm-hmm. and that happens. I mean. I guess it's not a video, but we made, we made a hardcover like coffee table book. Oh, let's let's see. There's a okay. So just, since it's not a, describe it, what does it look like? What and what's? It's uh, about eight and a half by eleven. Uh, portrait on the front. It has like these cascading triangles, turquoise, orange, gray, red, yellow. I know that sounds kind of yucky, but it has full full cover photos. Um, Hard stock, hardcover rather, um, about 50 original pieces of artwork, over 40 different articles from our site. Wow. Um, and that was in about two years ago, actually tomorrow, two years ago. It's on Amazon, y'all, it's just in case you want to go look at it yourself. It's called Soul Fuel uh, from Grits and Gospel, Volume 1. So Hear that out uh, now on Amazon. Can they get it anywhere else? Because I know some people, some people don't like to shop Amazon. Barnes and Noble. Okay. You got you options. Can. Got options. in. We always got options. My favorite part of the book not only was just connecting with folks that I had known in the industry or that, you know, but the idea that we've been going since February 2017. This book came out in September 2018. And I was putting some of the stuff we wrote back in March of the year before. And that's another big thing for us. We're not, we're a harder distinction from the quote unquote clickbait content out there. Not to say it doesn't serve a place that would definitely get us more clicks and we may be a lot more touted by now but the idea is that we're writing evergreen content and you know we kind of zagged in that way to write stuff that sort of can stick around a while and you know so whereas you may say something along the lines of Kanye went crazy on Twitter yesterday read this article I guess a lot of clicks today and tomorrow but if the article rather says like the effects of mental health on creativity then that article is going to be read forever and that's the lane that we that we find ourselves in and people buy the book still to this day because it's it's just evergreen, long form content. And it's long form. It's like not one minute reads. I mean, some of this stuff is five minutes, six minutes, even up to 10. So that's what Grits and Gospel is. So if you could, if you could describe Grits and Gospel in three sentences, what would it mm-hmm. be? It's a budding media entity. We specialize in long form, evergreen content, uh, as well as digital. We have a digital talk show too on Instagram. And I guess to put it short, like we give you the stuff that sticks to your ribs. Okay. And Kind of like a play on the play on the name Grits and Gospel. Grits I think you asked me where we got the name from too. Um, yeah. Most Def is one of my favorite rappers, and he said it in line one time, and he just said, he, "I think the whole line is the, the sun, moon, and stars, grits and the gospel." And I was just like, "Grits and the gospel—that's pretty cool." Uh, most people think it's like food or like religious. 
obviously like, you know, I mean, that, that kind of turns people away sometimes, which, you know, sometimes we like to just go by G and G because it's not about religion. It's not about grits either, but it just sounded cool. And it's that got that alliterative aspect to it. And like you see the logo, it's an ampersand sign, but both parts of the ampersands are like G's. And so like, we're able to like push that more so than the name at time, but that's another challenge that, that there has been and sort of not wanting to be preachy for folks or scaring people away before they even get there. But yeah, it's really just the most deaf line. That's it. Hey, hey, they say inspiration can come from anywhere, right? I'm I'm really curious about, because, you know, you you described it as like a digital platform. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. created a book, a physical book that you could buy, flip through, put on your coffee table, share with your friend. Mm -hmm. Like what what was important to you about creating a book of this evergreen content? So I've been down here the entire time. Sam's been up there. Sam, the yeah, you're uh, the, the twenty year the, the friend you've had for twenty years, right? Same guy, and so it was always super important to us to like the brand was always just sort of up in the air, and then moments in which we could like because he's from here, I mean, he come home for Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas, or maybe his dad's birthday, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was always times in which we can actually sit down and talk about this stuff, and it felt just much more electric that way. Or when I come to New York, same thing, and we felt like if we can create as many touch points as possible for folks to connect with us in a very authentic way that we couldn't lose. And so one of those ways is like you said, social media. So let's have a Twitter, let's have an Instagram. Uh, We didn't think about that leading in, but we needed one. Let's have a website, got it. Okay, let's actually reach out to people other than ourselves, got it. But then the biggest thing was, the one thing we did learn from church that may be churchy is we wanna touch and agree, right? And so we were, you know, we're rooted in like the black perspective at Grits and Gospel, but is in no way, shape or form racially specific at all. We're just being ourselves coming from Atlanta and writing about things that matter to us. But other people come on and write about things that matter to them. And we do things like celebrate Juneteenth, Black History Month and mm-hmm. Kwanzaa. Those have been things that we wanted to do to, quote unquote, touch and agree. And this book is one of those. So I think our first big one was in 2018. No, 2017, I think we said, no, 2017, we celebrated Kwanzaa, uh, Umoja, the first day of unity. So we just really just threw a party. I mean, that's all that was. But (laughs) it was the day after Christmas, you know, you might as well. But in February is when we really like started to make it a vertical of like our belief and our vision. We rented out two theaters in in New York, one in Brooklyn and one in Harlem when Black Panther came out that weekend. I think it was the Thursday and Friday. It might have been the Friday and the Saturday, but whatever it was, it was like, we just bet on ourselves. I mean, Sam is the one with the, with the New York money. So he put his credit card down and swiped, <laughs> swiped for an entire theater, Magic Johnson. We knew we could get it back if they paid just a little bit extra because the feeling of watching something in the movies with people that very first time is unbelievable. And we knew it was a moment. And so yeah. that was a chance for us to hand out some business cards and, and, and try to allow people to understand. People gave us their emails and they've since unsubscribed from our newsletters. But I'm just saying that <laughs> we had a really good time there those two nights, Brooklyn and Harlem. I mean, I'll never forget it. And we just took that, celebrated Juneteenth here in Atlanta, Detroit and New York had like a congruent happy hour that started at 619 for the date 619. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the same thing for Leap Day this year, which ended Black History Month. We knew that once every four years, you know, we get this and it was on a Saturday. So it was called 229. <laughs> and we started like a day party and, you know, had people had Hennessy sponsored as part of their like culture series and stuff like that. So like all I'm saying is if you put the energy into touching and agreeing and and wanting to be in people's life in an impactful way, creating touch points, everything else should follow. And the book is really rooted in that. We're going to have another one too, hopefully. Okay. You're going to write the forward call? Hey, listen, talk to my agent. (laughs) We can get it going. I got your text message. I can text message, man. <laughs> straight to straight to the chase. Straight straight to the source. Listen, you you mentioned like you mentioned a couple of touch points that were like moments, 
right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, Juneteenth, obviously, but then Black Panther coming out. Um, we're, you know, we're in another moment now, right? How do you yeah. see Grits and Gospel playing a role? What role do you see it playing in the moment we're in now? It's overwhelming, and we're not by any stretch, I would say, like the people who are supposed to. Well, I won't even say that because you never know how you affect other people and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't set out to be, you know, pillars of, of, of social change, right? But in this time, it feels like anybody and everybody should be trying something. And we've sort of taken that charge. I wrote an article about Juneteenth, and I wrote, you know, one earlier this summer that was pretty touching in terms of just the state of the country with, with COVID as well. But we're actually gearing up for about a month from now, uh, Dia de las Muertos, the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's celebrated widely in Hispanic communities, especially, oh, I, I guess everybody probably seen the movie Coco. It's kind of like that concept, except uh, we're going to sort of, I won't say, I, I won't say borrow the concept or, or really just try to celebrate it amongst ourselves and, and maybe just apply the concepts to, to our community. And the, the concept really is like, going to your ancestors and, and really feeling their impact on what you are today, whether that's specific to family genetics or whether that's like the sacrifices that people made to get you where you are or your history and how that plays a role in your future. You know, we realize that black people a lot of times don't have a space to properly mourn. I mean, we've got on so many different levels, you've got family trauma, you know, you, you may have problems in the workplace or the world, but then like biggest thing, like you, you think about our stars, like, I mean, we over-index on celebrity influence by a long shot. And I mean, just over the last year, you've had like three monumental, you know, deaths between Kobe Bryant. I mean, obviously Nipsey Hussle last year. And then ironically, talk about Black Panther. I mean, Chadwick Boseman, I mean, that, I can't even, I can't even, you can't even write anything more ironic than that. You know what I mean? Especially in terms of that. So we're teaming up with a few of our friends. We're going to, we're going to try and put out a few pieces of some content surrounding that. Our friend Barrett Pittner. Uh, over at the Sustainable Culture Lab. He was actually our first guest on our first season of the Instagram live show uh, earlier this summer. And he's got a big team surrounding surrounding him. And we're going to put it out around Halloween, which is kind of like reversing the sort of spooky or or dead stigma and and, and switching it on its head to actually benefit us because we need it. We need it. We don't have a space for it. We don't know how to do it. And for me personally, you know, my granddad was born in, in Louisiana, my grandmother, and New Orleans specifically. And I consider myself black American. I mean, obviously we're, you know, we call ourselves African-American, but we, we want to be able to take this country and feel ownership of it in a way that we're it's not always going to be a negative thing. Now, regardless of how many times that, you know, rears this ugly head of our history here, at a certain point in time, like we can look at our ancestry in a positive way too. Regardless of slavery, regardless of discrimination, I'm not muting those, but this is our place too. And we don't have a space to properly mourn or, or, or feel like we're connected to. To our history and this can be a step in that direction if people don't like it we'll be back kwanzaa so <laughs> <laughs> no, i think you're absolutely right there's there's a lot and i, I whenever when i hear you talk about this I, I this the sense of community comes through right these spaces for the community to come together and mourn and celebrate and connect and you know just put aside kind of what is happening and just be in community with each other is so important yeah. right and you recently wrote an article for, I believe, Adweek, mm-hmm. right? Called, and correct me if I get the title wrong, Intention Meets Opportunity. And then yep. what, was, what was the byline? It was uh, How Black Talent Builds Community, right? There, there you go. That's it. All right. So talk to me a little bit about that. Because, you know, the, the sense of community, he says, has come up quite a bit in this conversation. You said it's, you know, 
why you wanted to uh, build grits. And, one of the reasons you build grits and gospel, bringing yes. together moments. So talk to me a little bit about that article and and what what you saying in there. Well, to be honest with you, Carl, it wouldn't happen without you in, in some strange ways. I, it was from my longstanding relationship with Bennett Bennett, who did the MATE program in 2013, the year after me. I met him simply because I was uh, coming back, I think, to Air Color from the year that I had gone to the year before, and he was there. And we just sat and chatted, and we've been friends ever since. But they tapped him a while ago to do a, a digital, special digital series on the central question of, like, what happens when if or when black talent is valued as much as their contributions to culture mm. um, i'm not sure if i got that exactly verbatim but that's that's the that's the question he was like i definitely gotta get my boy troy here and he had a few other amazing writers too i was actually surprised that i even made the cut it's my first time being on there but he was like you gotta write about your experience with these different supportive programs within the industry so i mentioned made mgp earlier ad color but even like the bill sharp Foundation. Um, shout out to mm-hmm. Diane Sharps Park, his daughter, uh, Bill Sharps' daughter, rather, um, the late great advertising man. He created the basic advertising course. I think it was back in the late '60s, um, mm-hmm. just to sh- try and expose folks to what advertising looked like, well, specifically Black people, because we just didn't have the opportunities. And you know, owned his own agency, worked at Coke himself, and you know, really went out on a positive foot uh, with an outstanding legacy. And it was just a pleasure to meet her. And just having those, great. I didn't win the award. I actually lost it to Haywood. <laughs> Oh, it, all right. Let's not bring up this is old, old bad blood. Let's just, let's just. Hey, was my boy, man. Hey, he was, hey, was in the article hey, too. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, but just, just a funny story how stuff always comes back full circle, man. And I just wanted to, I want to talk about my story from like sitting on a perch or a soapbox, but the idea that like these programs work because people behind them make them work. Like people like you and, and Remrap Maple. I mentioned Shannon, them early, Shannon and, and Singleton earlier, just the folks that are there. I mean, even Taylor. Um, Gloria, I've had a chance to you know sit down with her. We took her to Waffle House when she came to Atlanta. Oh, I mean, these are, <laughs> seriously. I mean, that's it was great. like a. I felt like I was like a tour guide or something. It was amazing. And and, and just all the folks in the in the article that I mentioned is just we have to do something about the idea that these communities can't can't thrive. And generally speaking, the first answer is going to be, oh, they're not going to work unless you do. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it works as only goes as far as your legs are going to take it. And all four of those folks, all four of those people I've seen, all four of those programs, I've seen people behind them that do it. And it just so happened I got close exposure. I mean, I've even gone down to FAMU, my school, to recruit for MAPE, you know, on my own dime. I mean, that's MGP. I mean, that's how passionate I was about the exposure that I had. And even a few people managed to even, you know, get, get some internships. I know Jamil McGinnis, Eileen, uh, I think Nina Jones, a few of those folks, you might remember their names. I mean, they're probably old school too now, but uh, just the opportunity that folks were able to do that really meant a lot to me. And that's just how big it was for me. And I've been able to rub elbows with y'all for years. So yeah, it's, okay. it always comes back to that sense of of community, right? Mm-hmm. It's the community through the communities that you've built through MAPE, uh, MGP, Ad Color, and then even the Bill Sharp Award. Absolutely, have kept giving back to you throughout, and you give back to them throughout. Yes, you know, throughout your career, your long storied career so far. <laughs> I'm even yeah. older than I was at the, at the beginning, beginning of the podcast. Yep. This, this po- I don't know if you know, but this podcast ages people real quick. Um, <laughs> right. I it's, was, it's, uh, it's my effect. It's because I'm so old. I just I try to get rid of some of my years. I just give them to other people. I met Carl when he was unmarried, unchild, un, un, unfather. Is that a word? He, I, I don't, he didn't have any children. Um, now look at him. He's just a family man. 
moved out to the burbs. I love it. I don't I even I don't it. even know who that Carl is or was. <laughs> you were a rising star at Air Color, I think, either that year or the next year. It, it so people know that history. Year. No, Carl, Carl was once on the on the come up. Now he's just up. But at oh. one point in time, he was rising. Speaking of Adco, I want to shout out Tiffany too because this past year with Mailchimp, Mailchimp didn't really know what Adco was. Period. And like now that we're producing our own content for Mailchimp Presents, mm-hmm. as well as you know bringing some of our advertising work in house, I was like, y'all gotta be there. Like somebody has to go, even if y'all don't send me. They're like, how about you just go, bro? Tell us about it when you get back, right? And I'm like, <laughs> cool. I show up. I see, I I see what you did there. That was that was smooth. <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll go. It's fine. I'll, I, but I ended up being a futures ambassador, which is the first time I'd done that. And the futures is a program that actually sent me there all those years ago. And that, and that Tiffany, funny, funny thing that was Haywood helped start that. See, see what I'm saying? The community. <laughs> I didn't see Haywood this past year, but I did text him and was like, look at look at your thing, man. And so I saw Tiffany, and the first thing she says is, "Remember 2015?" I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, she was like, yeah, you you came to Ad Color, but like didn't have a ticket and you were just like all up in all that stuff. Why don't you just let me know? Like, I, I had your back. You know, we would have made sure that you were, you know, had a pass to get into these places. And like I mentioned, I was still at AT&T. I was just trying to get out there on my own time to kind of meet folks. And that was immature and young of me. But to that community aspect, I never forgot that because, you know, you support the people that support you. And, you know, I'd rather spend my last dollar doing that than trying to hold it off for something else. And lo and behold, she messaged me on LinkedIn yesterday, somehow saw the article and just told me, thank you and keep going. So stuff like that, man, to be honest with you, Carl, that, that really is like what this is all about. It makes my heart smile. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I like that. It makes my heart smile. Our hearts need to smile every once in a while these days. So I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that there there's that, that, that sense of community brings, brings your heart to a smile. Um, and this has been... This has been great. You've made my heart smile. Just a little. Your heart bit. is green. Green it's light. Great. That's where the green's coming from, and all and all the yellow, especially with the yellow sweatshirt I'm wearing. He got a yellow sweatshirt with a green heart right now, so he looks like the Green Bay Packers helmet. Helmet. So <laughs> bringing it back. Bringing it back. Man, I really appreciate you coming on today. Is there anything else you want to tell the folks listening? All the Absolutely. all the young mapers out there. Now that you're old. Right. When you get there, when you get your internship, I was talking to Rima, she was saying that so many different folks, so many different people were able to get a job this year because of digital. Um, There were so many deserving candidates, and I'm so glad that folks got to get that opportunity. Take advantage of it, and trust me, when it comes down to graduating or about to get a job, do not hold out for that dream job, because as you can see, all of this stuff is about what you do, who you know, and the industry is so small. If you can do good by some folks and get some solid work under your belt, you're not gonna, you're most likely not gonna work for the same place the rest of your life anyway. Not the biggest chance. thing for you to do is to just get a freaking job, even if that's with AT&T doing project management and telecom division. You can figure the rest out later. Trust me, there's lawyers right now out there trying to figure out a way that, 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 that they can actually be a lawyer. So with that said, don't put your, don't be on your high horse. Just go out there and get it. And when you get there, if you see something you want to change, hey, a lot of times people are looking up to you because you're the young person and you're the one with the ideas and you're the one that's foolish enough to actually try and do that shit. So <laughs> that's what I would say. Also, I would say that I want to be on the boom list, Carl. So let me go ahead and send you my stuff. Uh, so I know it's almost the end of the month. I'm, I'm over here waiting on it to come out. So I'm going to get you a real nice picture, a couple of my links. Okay. Y'all heard it here. So okay. I'm holding him hostage. He, <laughs> he told me he was going to put me on there a few, a few years ago, but you know. 
Boom or bust, I guess. You, you, were, you, weren't, you weren't old enough. Now that you're old, you're OG. Now you can get on it. Uh, yeah, send me, send me this stuff. We'll get you on the boom. With a capital list. B. No, seriously, though, just whenever, man. I don't really know, like, the process behind it. Y'all can follow me at, at Troy DuBois. D-U-B-O-I-S. Troy DuBois. Like, W-E-B. And at Grits and Gospel. Grits like Grits. Gospel like Gospel. And and, and in the middle of it. Grits and Gospel.com. That's on Twitter. Instagram. LinkedIn. Facebook. And, yeah, Twitter is me. Troy DuBois. I'm pretty funny, too, on Twitter. Pretty funny. Be surprised. Pretty funny. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna reactivate my Twitter account just to follow. No, I'm just kidding. I still, it's it's still up and running. <laughs> Not that old. Uh, I but to yeah, my ad, we just to read that article yesterday. I didn't realize I had stopped. I I so on there. So funny. Let us know. Let them know. <laughs> Troy, thank you so much for making all of our hearts smile. It's a little bit more. We needed that. I'm really appreciate. Call. It was good catching up. Good seeing you again. Gonna hear about everything that you're doing, and you, you know. We'll get you on the boom list. Don't Kiss worry. Get me on the boom list. But I can't wait to see what you what else you do with Grits and Gospel. I'm looking forward Absolutely. to seeing the other book, more of the content, just creating mm-hmm. that building that community up, man. We need we need you, we need as much community build up as we as we as we get these days. So <laughs> I appreciate it, Carl. Seriously, man. Thank you. You thank thank to you, uh Rainbow, mate, the whole uh the whole the whole peeps. I All appreciate right. y'all. And thank everybody for listening. And we'll yes. uh, see you next time. Peace.